God, let's sing it together. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Sing it. Let's praise him, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. Give you all glory, honor. Jesus, we're so grateful for your presence. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 16. By the way, it is good to be back. We thoroughly enjoyed ourselves on vacation, uh, but it is good to be home and uh, good to feel the presence of the Lord. And Brother Eddie, I'm glad it's not you. It was another Brother Eddie. I just got a text right literally when we're up here on the platform this morning that said, Eddie was in an accident. And I didn't even look at the phone number or anything else. I just saw that, and then I saw him walk in. I said, oh, he looked like he's doing pretty good for just being in an accident. But I'm glad it wasn't this, Eddie. And uh, pray for our other brother, Eddie, that got in an accident. Deuteronomy chapter 16, two verses of Scripture starting at verse 16. If you're a guest here, we're glad you're here today. Of course, all our regular members and everybody that uh, attends on a regular basis, we're glad you're here. Praise God. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 16, starting at verse 16, it says, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of the unleavened bread, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. From this portion of Scripture, I want to preach uh, that we should not come to church empty-handed. So my message is not empty-handed, not empty-handed. Lord Jesus, touch us today. God, we're so grateful again for your presence, for the sweetness of your spirit that's here, for those that you've already touched and healed, and for the many things you've already done here this morning. We are so thankful. Thankful for those that ushered us into your presence Thankful for everything that's going to transpire in the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. When we come to the house of God, and I hope that you have already felt the presence of the Lord, but we come to the house of God to feel his presence. We come to the house of God to worship him and to glorify him, to, ed- um, to, to edify him. Amen. We sang a song just a few moments ago, How Great Thou Art. How many believe our God is great? Isn't he awesome? Amen. So I I assume that you're happy here today. And uh, I, I would like for a few moments for us to consider the blessings of God. We come to the house of God where we can feel his presence, where we can worship him. There's great music and there's great singing. Uh, we, we are thankful for that, thankful for our musicians, thankful for our praise singers. We're grateful and thankful for the building that God has provide us, provided us. We're thankful that it's heated, and especially today with it being close to 100 degrees outside, how many are thankful for air conditioning? Praise God. 
And uh, there are people in churches throughout the world that don't have the luxuries that we have, the niceties. And, and I, I don't want to magnify the niceties, but I am grateful for the fact that God has provided them. Now, I do realize that sometimes it's too cold and it's sometimes too hot in church. I understand that. I understand that, you know, because some people are warm-blooded, some people are cold-blooded, and, you know, uh, all, all the other things, you know, for those that are having hot flashes, you're glad when it's cold, and for those that are not, you're glad when it's hot. But anyhow, I'll just kind of throw that out there. But we're glad to be here with God's people. And if you have kids this morning, you can send them to class and not worry about them while you are here listening to the preaching. And we... We have the overhead, the projection, the, uh, you know, all of the things that are involved with having service. And in fact, going back to the Sunday school uh, for just a little while today, we, we, we go overboard as a church to make sure that our children are protected and that our, our teachers are well vetted so that you can have confidence that nothing will happen to them while they're here. We're grateful that we can have a Sunday school ages 2 through age, age 18. And we even have a nursery if you have a child that's under 2 years old. And hopefully this morning the message will be good. If you parked in the parking lot, you hopefully, if you came early enough, you were shuttled up to the front door in a golf cart. Or at least, uh, you know, if you were here early enough, you were able to, to have that, uh, that privilege. Uh, you should have been uh, welcomed by the ushers and the greeters. And in summer, the lawns are maintained, and in winter, the parking lot is shoveled and plowed, and we're grateful for all those things. We have all the modern conveniences with projection, and you can see the songs, you can see the scriptures, and you don't even have to bring your Bible, although I recommend you do, because there's nothing like opening up those pages and, and hearing the crinkling of the pages of the Word of God. Uh, our facilities are easy to access for the handicapped and for everyone. The seats are comfortable. How many are grateful for those? How many are glad that their church was clean this morning? The bathrooms were clean, and the trash was emptied. And hopefully the facilities outside were good. I believe they were as well. And uh, so we are grateful for all of these things. If you like the message, you can take it home on CD, and, and, and you can play it again. And if you don't like the message, you can take it home on CD and burn it. Just kidding. Somebody say praise the Lord. If you want to build friendships, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. If you want to learn about the Bible, we have Wednesday night Bible study, and most Sunday nights we have teaching, or like tonight we have a youth service. If you're Spanish-speaking and you don't understand English, we have translation for you this morning. If you need counseling, it's available. If you, uh, if, you, if you need to be baptized, we'll baptize you. If you're going to get married, we'll marry you. If you're going to get buried, we'll bury you. And hopefully in that order. We have a number of fellowship events during the year, and if you're a man, you can come and get a world-class omelet for men's breakfast. If you're a lady, you can get together with the other ladies for fellowship, for breakfast, and other fellowships as well. We have summer, summer camp for kids and other fellowship events, and the pastor's a little strange, but you'll get used to him. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> but today in our society, we live in an entertainment culture where you go to get and to be entertained or at least to be edified. But we go to church, and we go to church to hear a sermon, hopefully one that is not too troubling to our conscience. But we are here to hear the Word of God. But what I find is troubling is this, that with all we give and provide for people, there is a real dilemma that is taking place. When I look at the Bible, I see that it says that we are not to come to church empty-handed. We should come to church with the attitude that we are there to give, not to get. Now, I might step on your toes a little bit this morning, but I need this message to get through to us. We're grateful for all of these wonderful things that God has provided But when we look at the Word of God, the Word of God tells us that we should not come empty-handed. Somebody say yes. We should come to church with the attitude that we are not necessarily just here to give, although that is a part of it. And but we are here to not only to get, but we are here to give. We should enter the door looking for opportunities to meet needs. Isn't it tragic that today's Christianity has turned away from the example of our Lord? In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I'm grateful for all that we provide, uh, but Jesus, our example, came to minister. He came to give his life. uh, And I believe, for one, that the church, the people of God, need to come with the attitude, I'm not coming here to get, uh, but I'm coming here to give. Uh, What can I do? Can I teach a Sunday school class? Uh, Can I run a vacuum? Can I go on outreach? Uh, Or can I just come to the house of God Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night, uh, and worship and praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We want to be entertained in our society, but what about entertaining the presence of God? I hate to say it, but we've become a very selfish generation. And it fears, there's a lot of fear in my heart. In fact, you know, I've been noticing more and more of late uh, I get allergy shots every few weeks, and some, sometimes when I'm in that room, there's 30 or 40 people waiting to get their allergy shots. And if there's 40 people in their, th- that room, there's 38 that are on their phones. Hello? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I watch our young people, and, and I understand they're a dinner, different generation than my generation, but they are so glued to their screens. I think their thumbs are somehow glued to those keys or whatever, but they're so glued to those screens and the media and all of that is shocking. Uh, you can, I mean, you, there's people pushing their, their carts around in the grocery store while they're texting somebody or they're, they're listening to this or doing that. And, of course, texting and driving and 
and talking on their phones and driving and all of these things uh, that are going on. Hopefully the plot pilot that's uh, flying that plane that's going to carry you to vacation is not texting and flying. But you understand what I'm coming from. There's a lot of fear in my heart that we are so glued to technology that we want to be entertained. But God says, uh, when you come to my house, uh, don't come empty, empty handed. Uh, come with a worship. Come with a praise. Uh, come with a scripture. Come with something. Do something when you come to the house, the house of God. I don't believe the church is supposed to entertain you. Now, I believe it should be good, and I want it to be good, but I don't believe we're supposed to entertain you. I believe we're supposed to preach the unadulterated Word of God without fear and without favor so you can shut your phone off for two hours uh, as we worship God. You come here to give, not to get, uh, although we will get. Uh, understand what I'm trying to tell you is if we come with the mindset of just getting, then we won't give, but if we come with the mindset of giving, we'll both give and get uh, at the same time. Jesus offended the religious elite because he ate with sinners and ministered to people no matter their status of life, no matter what their issue was. Jesus even had the audacity to heal Gentile people, people that were not Jewish. I find this, that the more I give, the more I get back. When I come to service like this morning, I, I just came with a mindset, Lord, uh, I want to worship you this morning. Uh, I'm thankful for the vacation that I was on, uh, but I want to worship you this morning. I want to feel your presence. I want to entertain your presence. And thankfully, I've, I have not been disappointed this morning. Praise God. When I get to teach, to minister, and to counsel, and to serve in, in this capacity, I find that I get, I, I get more back than I give. Sometimes I feel so, uh, so unable to really truly minister to people the way that God would have me to, but I do my best somehow when I'm talking to somebody about the Word of God, I'm giving somebody excuse me, a new, a new convert, a Bible study. It seems like I'm giving little out, but I'm getting so much in return. Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, he said, how is it then, brethren? Notice he's talking to the church. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Notice this, every one of you, everybody say it, say every one of you. He says, every one of you have a psalm. You have a psalm, you have a song, he is saying. He goes, every one of you hath a doctrine. Every one of you hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. It's not just the preachers, but it's everyone when we come to the house of God. This is hopefully a fine-tuned machine in the sense that there's a lot going on at all many different times and a lot of people being involved. But the Scripture says every one of you have a psalm. If I can somehow give you a revelation, if you want to get more out of church, put more into it. 
If you want to feel the presence of God stronger, then put more into it. If all you want to do is watch it on a screen, you could do that at home. I don't recommend that because I don't feel, I don't believe you can feel the presence of God like you can in church. Thank God for a church that's door, its doors are open and we're here to be able to worship God. But if you want to get something out of God, why don't you put something in it? I'm not here to browbeat you today. I just feel that God gave me this. He says when you come to the house of God, bring something with you. Now, and if I can ask you this, what did you bring this morning? What did you bring to the house of God? Uh, I hope you brought a praise. I hope you brought a word of encouragement. Uh, listen, saints of God, uh, we need to recognize that we are part of a, uh, a body that is knit together. Uh, one people, it doesn't matter whether you are black or white, yellow or brown. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor, uh, but you can encourage somebody. If you notice somebody is down, uh, then go over and put your hand on their shoulder and say to them, uh, hey, I want you to know that I love you. You're my brother. You're my sister. And I want to encourage you in the Lord. Everyone can bring a word of encouragement. Amen. Uh, bring our talents. If, you, if you're able to play an instrument and, and if you're living right, you should be able to play that in, instrument unto the Lord. I used to play the drums years ago. I don't dare jump on that drum set anymore because it's been such a long time. But I'm thankful that when I was able to offer my talents to God, I had a place to do it. The Bible says bring your talents. Uh, I want you to notice what Moses said in Exodus chapter 23, verse 15. It says, Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread, and thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee. In the time appointed in the month of Bib, for in it thou camest out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. I see this time and time again, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New, when God says, Do not appear to me empty handed. And that's what my message is about this morning. That when we come to his house, we should not come empty-handed. So, to some, and I was thinking about this earlier, uh, especially when you look at the Old Testament and the construction uh, of the Old Testament tabernacle, so forth and so on. It talked about how many people gave. and In fact, people brought so much that they had to tell them, stop bringing anymore. But somebody could bring gold while all somebody else could bring is wood. Somebody could bring tapestry while all somebody else could do is bring their knitting skills or their sewing skills. You see what I'm telling you about when we understand that God has us in his, in his church for this time and for this hour. I'm grateful that God let me be a part of his church in this last day generation. I bet it was awesome in that first generation of apostolic people, but I am grateful to be in the church in this last generation hour of the coming of the Lord. We know that God is coming. So God has me here for this time, and God has you here for this time. And I look at the variety in the church, and I'm so grateful for it. But God says, don't come empty. 
So if you're saved, when you die or when God takes you in the rapture, you will spend all eternity with him instead of all eternity in hell. What is that worth? Even when the, when the Philistines sent the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel in the Old Testament, after they had been punished with an awesome plague, with an awful plague, they knew enough to not send it back empty. I want to show this to you in 1 Samuel chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us, wherewith shall we send it to his place? Verse 3, it says, And they said, If you send away the ark of God of, of the God of Israel, send it not empty. But in any wise return him a trespass offering, then you shall be healed, and it shall, and it shall be known unto you why his hand is not removed from you. Even heathen people knew that when you send something to God, don't send it empty. Come on, somebody, hear what this preacher is saying this morning. My question here today is this. Already knowing what God has done for you and his blessings, what are you giving him? I hope you're giving him, and I, this is not a message about finances. It's a message about your life. It's about your worship. If you want to feel him, worship him. If you want to feel his presence, praise him. Even when you think you're not capable of doing it, you do it anyhow. Because God is good to you. And God has been good to me. So what are you giving him? There are some of you that are thinking, I don't really don't have anything to give. I believe that's a lie from the pit of hell. I know people that have suffered. In fact, I remember years ago, someone, a family that came into the church and God filled the wife with the Holy Ghost and God filled the husband with the Holy Ghost and then God began to fill the children with his spirit. Uh, amen. And one by one by one, everybody in the family got the Holy Ghost. Uh, but they were a very low means. Uh, they were a very, very poor family. But somehow they began to see that God would work in their lives. So their offerings and, and their giving and the things that they would do was were small to start out with. But then God blessed them with greater jobs and more income and God bless them with more of their family being filled with the spirit and I noticed this whenever they were giving whenever they were worshiping great things were happening in their family but when they begin to turn inside instead of outside when they begin to think well, you know what, it's okay to miss church because I just got to put extra hours in because now I have that car payment and then you would find that as they were turning inside instead of outside, uh, that things begin to happen in their family. Their children begin to struggle. Their marriage begin to fall apart. Uh, and now I know that family, and I still stay in contact with them. Uh, but the husband is now married to somebody else. Uh, the wife is now married to somebody else. Uh, the children have had broken relationship after broken relationship. Uh, and there's been 
absolutely awful things happening in their family, all because they turn inside instead of giving. Again, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but what I'm saying, I just noticed this, that people where their families are about, what can I do for God? What can I do? If all I can do is praise Him and worship Sunday morning, then I'm going to do it with my very best. I'm going to do it with my whole heart. If I'm going to play the tambourine, then I'm going to play the tambourine well. If I'm going to help the children color in Sunday school, then I'm going to help them color in Sunday school. But when I come to God's house, it's not going to be just a gift. I'm going to give. When we come into the presence of God, when we come to his church, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. When you drive onto the church property, begin to praise God for what he has done for you. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. If you will do that, uh, then your problems will begin to melt away. The issues that are going on in your family and in, in your own life uh, are going to begin to fade away and begin to diminish simply because uh, you come to give him. You're not coming empty-handed. You are coming to give to the Lord. A, a kind word to someone that needs an, uh, needs a word of encouragement. You know, I, listen, hear me. I don't care if you sing on key or not. I really don't. I mean, if it's really that bad, just sing softly. But sing. And I, I mean that. I'm being a little facetious there. But I don't care if you can belt out a tune and it's all off tune and out of key and everything else, just belt it out anyhow. Because somehow between here and there, it, God turns the, 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 the sound system or tunes it or whatever he does uh, because your worship is like a sweet-smelling savor to God. Uh, he loves to hear your worship. He loves to see your hands go up into the air and praises go up before him. He accepts it. It doesn't matter whether it's perfect or not. Brother Shaw, what I feel, what I fear is this, uh, that churches, many, many churches have become entertainment centers instead of worship centers. I don't want that to ever happen here, brother. I don't want it to happen here, saints of God. I don't want it to be about entertainment. Oh, yes, I want it to be good. I don't want to just throw it together at the last minute and say, oh, by the way, you're going to do this, and oh, by the way, you're going to do that. And, 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 and you know, I, I, you know I, I'm old school. Let me, let me just explain it to you. When I first got into the church, they would have testimony services, and I'm not against testimony service as long as they're really testimonies and not complaining sessions, all right? By the way, does anybody know what a testimony service is? We haven't had one for a long time. But, you know, have you ever had some, you know, they stand up and they get, God did this for me and God did that for me. But it got to the point where people were saying, oh, yeah, I had a flat tire this week and my cat ran away. My dog got run over. And it got, went from one thing to the other, so we stopped doing it. Because testimony ought to be about praising God and about what he's done 
and or what he's going to do. But sometimes, and, and I'm not saying we can't complain or we can't ask people to pray for us when we're not doing right or we're not doing well. I, you know, we can and, and we should be able to. But I want you to know that God loves your voice. Even if you're too shy to teach a class, but you can operate a pair of scissors and you can help the kids color in the lines, then you can do something for God. If you can operate a vacuum or if you can glue stuff together or you know how to run a computer, you can do something for God. But that is not just limited to that. We ought to have the mindset, when I come here on Sunday morning, I'm going to come with my hands filled to give something to the Lord. It's not just about coming and participating in the offering. And, and in fact, when God instructed his people, don't come empty, it was because he knows the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping is you're going to reap in proportion to what you sow. And the law of sowing and reaping simply says this, what you do or don't do is going to come back around. There's, although I know that there are some people that have been incarcerated incorrectly uh, and for crimes that they have not committed, for the most part, part if somebody's in jail, it's because they belong there. And I don't want to hurt your feelings with that, but I want you to know this, that there is a law of sowing and reaping. It is an eternal law. It is a law that is literally built into the fabric of everything we know. And that law of, of sowing and reaping simply says this, what you put into it, you're going to get out of it. Uh, you're not going to plant an apple tree and get olives. Uh, amen. You've got to understand what you put into it, you're going to get out of it. That is the law of sowing and reaping. I remember a lady several years ago that wanted to give to Christmas for Christ, but she didn't have, in fact, she had just gone through an awful divorce and she didn't have anything to give. And so she came to the pastor and said, uh, you know, she, she, uh, she made things out of chocolate. So she decided she would make a gingerbread house out of chocolate. And she brought that. She said, Pastor, can you see if someone wants to buy this? And I will give the money to Christmas for Christ. And I remember the pastor brought it out on a Sunday morning and put it out on a table and said, uh, is there anybody that would like to buy this? And somehow the Spirit of God began to move in that service. And somebody stood up in the offering time and said, by the way, I'm going to give $20 for that. And somebody else, it was an impromptu uh, uh, you know, fundraiser in a sense. Uh, somebody else stood up and said, I'll give 50 Somebody stood up, I'll give 75 Somebody said, I'll give 125 Somebody said, I'll give 200 Somebody said, I'll give 250 I, If I remember right, it was 3 350 or $375 that was raised by a lady that didn't have money to put in the offering to give to Christmas for Christ, but she had some chocolate at home that she could construct into a gingerbread house, and hundreds of dollars were given to the work of God just because somebody said, I'm going to give what I can. I'm going to do what I can. 
And so that's just an awesome, I remember that as if it were yesterday. In Mark 12, 41 through 44, it says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury, and behold, how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw, it says, and she threw in two mice, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury, for all they did cast in their, of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. People were bringing baskets full of offerings but she had a couple pennies that she threw into the offering. And Jesus told his disciples that she gave, all, she gave more than all the rest. We sometimes think we have this abundant mentality. Well, I'm not a millionaire, or I don't make a lot of money, or I don't get a lot of this, or I don't have a lot of talents. Uh, the thing is, if you use what God has provided for you for his kingdom, he will bless it, and he will multiply it. How could someone that gave a couple penny, pennies give more than baskets full of money or baskets full of offerings that all the others were giving. Uh, you know, uh, and so, so here, here is my thought. No one should come empty. If you have a voice, you can say amen. The idea that I'm trying to get across is that when you come to the house of God, decide before you get here that you have something to bring and something that you could glorify God with. The Bible says, have a psalm, have a hymn. Maybe you have a hearty amen or a smile or a word of encouragement. In Deuteronomy 16 it says, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Verse 16. Verse 17 says, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessings of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. That's the common denominator. It says, as he or she is able. That goes right down to the topic is of this, that we should not compare ourselves amongst ourselves. Somebody comes to church and they're dressed in, we, what we believe is expensive clothes, and we're comparing ourselves to them. But the Bible says don't do that. It doesn't matter whether they're rich or poor, black or white. It doesn't matter. It does. Do you understand what I'm saying today? It doesn't matter. God doesn't expect you to give like a millionaire if you're not a millionaire. So don't compare yourself to some, someone else. Uh, all I can say is this. What is your offering? What are you giving? What are you bringing? If all it is is your voice and a smile, then give it to the glory of God because God will turn it around and bless it. Some of the people that have just offered a word of encouragement to me and to others have done far more than you could ever imagine. In Exodus chapter 31, it talks about the, uh, the, the tabernacle, and then I'm going to read actually out of uh, Exodus 35, but it talks about the workmanship, the workers, the gold, the silver, the brass, the cutting of stones, the carving of timber, and all of the things that went into the working of the tabernacle. In Exodus 35, Verse 5, it says, 
Take ye from among an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet, and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram's skins dyed red, and badger skins and shittim wood, uh, and oil for the light of the spices of the uh, anointing, for anointing oil, a sweet incense. And then it says, verse 9, it says, and onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod and for the breastplate, and every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all... Make all that the Lord hath commanded, the tabernacle, his tent, the covering, his, his tatches, and the boards, and the bars, and the pillars, and the sockets, the ark, and the staves thereof, and the mercy seat, and the veil, and the covering, and the table, and the staves, and all the vessels, and, and, and the showbread, and the candlesticks for the light, and the furniture, and the lamps, and the oil for the light, and the incense for the altar, and the staves, and the anointing oil, and the sweet incense. And the hanging of the door and the entering of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, which uh, his bra- with his brazen gate, his staves and all the vessels and the labor and the foot and the hangings of the court and his pillars and the sockets and the hanging of the door of the court and then the pens and the tabernacle and the pens of the court and their cords and the clothes for service to do service in the holy place and holy garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons to minister in the holy or in the priest's office. Do you understand what that is all saying? It's talking about the multitude of things that went into the building and the successful operation of the temple. And some people could bring a piece of wood while somebody else could bring a bar of gold. And somebody could make a a shirt for the priest while somebody else might be able to donate the stones that went into the breastplate of the high priest. It all comes together. There was not one person that did it all. It was everybody that jointly came together and did what they could as God had provided them. And the Bible says, don't come empty-handed. My desire is this, saints of God, as our musician hopefully would come. I want you to know this. Our mindset should not be, well, I can't do as much as somebody else can do. I was talking to a sister recently. Uh, actually, it was, it was a while ago, but I was talking to somebody. She was saying how that I, I just I, I don't have the funds to give And my point was this. I said, sister, maybe you can't right now, but there isn't a reason why you can't run a vacuum. There isn't a reason why you can't come and straighten chairs. I said, if you will do what you can now, God will begin to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you that you cannot contain. See, we got this mindset, and it bothers me so much. We got this mindset, unless it's big, it's not really an offering. But that is not true. It doesn't have to be big to be an offering. And again, I'm not talking about finances. The Bible says when we come to the house of God, we should not come empty-handed. So what is your mindset? I hope your mindset, if you would stand with me this morning.
If your mindset is, I am going to come anytime the house of God's doors are open, I'm going to come and come and give and do what I can, then God will bless you and you will find that God will minister to you in great measure. But I would ask you this morning, just don't come empty-handed. I'm not telling you not to come to church. I'm just saying don't come empty-handed. Come with a mindset that, God, I'm going to worship you this morning. I know things melted down at work this week, or I know things melted down at home this week, but I'm coming today to worship. I'm coming today to offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. Let's sing this chorus if we can. These altars are open to anybody that wants to talk to the Lord. Does anybody want to talk to the Lord this morning as we sing this? 